Hello, Elsie. Hello, Jess. Hello. How are you today? Oh, oh yes. Yeah, so I don't know if you all heard that, but I do have a little person here today. Um, I have May May, my daughter, we is sitting May next May. to me today, being very quiet. She's been told Hi, to be May very quiet. May. Can she? Does she have a like? She doesn't have a microphone, mic? but I'm going to put this mic in front of her so so that she can say hello. Hello. All right. So there, you just heard <laughs> her say that. She's just like go. you. She's like a mini Muppet. She is a little. She mini sounds Muppet. like a Muppet, just like you. Hello. <laughs> Um, yeah, so she'll be here. She said she's going to be quiet and we'll see how that goes. Um, I hope it goes um, well. Yeah, me too. For your sake. For my sake. I know. And we're back home. We're back in North Carolina. I don't think we even did. We Yeah, we did talk about the fact that I wasn't on mic and I was still in um, Pittsburgh last week. So I am now back to crappy internet, but sounding great on my age six. (laughs) Wonderful. Which is worse, a crappy mic or crappy internet? Crappy mic. I think you would pick crappy mic, right? Yeah. Oh, mic. John, you pick a crappy mic too. How yeah, about that? I would. I would rather have better. I, I listened to the last episode, and I'll be honest with you, her microphone from the headset was wasn't bad at all. Like, if you wouldn't oh. have said anything, I don't think anybody would have noticed. Right. You know what? Too I though, think John, it was I bad wanna, either. I want to send it over. I mean, I don't know if you've listened to the latest episode of the feed, episode one nineteen, and I did the same thing there, right? But here's where I was really astounded. I actually, for the intro, right, because usually if something happens in the recording, I still, I mean, in the recording, meaning my conversation with Rob, I usually still record inside of whatever digital recorder I have, right? Um, But this time I didn't have that option. So what I did was I kind of did a little bit of a test. And what I did is I went outside of my in-law's house like outside in the suburbs where, and there's actually lots of traffic on their street. I sat outside of the house. I grabbed my iPhone 8 and recorded straight into it. Like no head, like this wasn't on the earbuds or anything like that. I just literally held it a few inches away from my mouth to do the intro for that. And, um, you know, I just kind of recorded it, send it over to my, to the computer. And I was floored by the quality of that recording. I honestly, I was like, oh my God. This is amazing <laughs> because it was almost on par with the H6. I have to say, I sat there and I was like, holy cow, this is crazy. You better call Apple and tell them right away. <laughs> ha ha ha. No, I'm but not see, kidding. And that's amazing. And see, the joking. other thing, the one thing that I thought that um, I could have done better, and I, and I think I'm going to do this next time, is there was a little bit of popping peas on that. And an easy solution to fix that, which I've seen in the past done, is somebody gets one of those little pop filter thingies, the the little squishy, spongy things. What are those called, John? Uh, Windscreens. Pop filter. Oh. Is it a pop filter? Well, there's a windscreen is the thing, the foam rubber thing you put over. Yeah, the foam. Yeah, that's it. The pantyhose thing is a pop filter. Yeah, so this would be the foamy thing. And what you can do is you can grab some of those foamy things like that are created for the Zoom recorders are not, obviously, they're not created for a microphone. So they're not small and round, but they're actually a little bit more like rectangular. And the the little uh, hole on the bottom part of it is also kind of shaped in a rectangle. And you can very easily slip it on the bottom part of that iPhone to create a little 
sort of like that little uh, pop filter added to it. And I think I'm going to test that out a little bit more to see how that sounds because I was I was impressed. I even got a little bit of feedback from one of our listeners who said I had no I've always been really kind of scared to record on my iPhone and listening to you I was very impressed. So I thought like wow. There's another so, thing that you can do without the pop filter is if you hold it to like 45 degree angle of your mouth that way you're talking past it so when you pop Right. Your your plosives will go past the microphone, not right into the microphone. So that yeah. works, too. I have, I have a question for you. So did mm-hmm. you run that audio through a phonic? I did. Yeah, see, a phonic, that cures a lot of sins. Yep. I Exactly. In that, I think that now I am becoming such the alphonic fanatic now that if you have decent microphone technique. Like if you know how to work a microphone, whether it's a good microphone or a crappy mic, like even if you're using the headsets for like earbuds and things like that, Apple earbuds, if you know how to work a microphone, you do your best to get in the best sort of placement you possibly can given your circumstances. And then you run that audio through a phonic, you should have better than average audio. Now, I think you should say alphonic fanatic three times fast. I don't think that that's a possibility. You can do it. <laughs> I barely was able to say it the first time. Really? Alphonic fanatic. Alphonic fanatic. Alphonic fanatic. Beetlejuice, yeah. Beetlejuice, like Beetlejuice. It. I like when you amuse me. <laughs> so, yeah. So just for you guys to check out the sound and, and tell me what you thought. I was I was also very impressed. There was one thing though, John. I think it was I think it was an hour recording, or it might have been in the feed. I think it was our recording because I listened to the entire thing. There was something during like the latter part where it was only only when only I was talking that there was like some weird sound underneath, and I think it had. I'm not sure. Oh, I know what it was. It was the um the headset rubbing up against my shirt. Yeah. And, um, but it, but it, it wasn't there the whole time. It was only there sometimes. Well, what a it phonic, was towards the end. Yeah. What a phonic does is it'll take when you're silent, it'll take and drop all that noise out of there. Like say if you yeah. had like a hiss or whatever, when you're not right. talking, it'll drop it out of there. But while you're talking, it really can't distinguish your voice from the hiss. Yeah. So that's one of the, one of the things that, it doesn't really do well. There's, I'm learning now that there's ways to take that out of there with uh, Isotope RX6, which is an amazing, oh, my goodness. Yeah, I've heard about that. I've heard about that for sure. So I've yeah. been playing with some of that. And some of the stuff that that does is just, uh, it's just, it's not human, to be quite honest with you. It's an amazing little tool. But again, it's you can do all kinds of crazy things with, it's kind of like racing. Podcasting and racing are the same thing. It's like, you can sound really, really great, but how much money do you want to spend? Exactly. So there you go. But I mean, yeah, there's acceptable, yeah. and that's acceptable. For sure. Um, I'm grateful but- that our show has turned into not just an informative educational entertainment show, but also a giant science experiment as to how <laughs> to get decent audio from the worst possible scenarios. I think All that, this, no, honestly, I mean, it really does need to happen. I mean, there's so many people out there who think they have to go in a studio and, you know, or no, they fun. have to have a specific thing. And, and and part of, I feel, podcasting in general is our ability to test things out and to test it for yourself. I think I saw somebody post, I don't know where it was in one of the, you know, podcasting groups, where essentially 
somebody commented, and the bottom line is whatever works for you and whatever is working, that's the best solution. <laughs> you know, because there is no yeah. right way. There's just it. There's just not. Um, no, but always- I also think like, why do a show with decent microphones and Wi-Fi when you can be the scientist <laughs> that tests every possible horrible scenario under which you could record? Yes. Right. I mean, this is definitely better. Right. Well, I got to tell you, when we first started this where we're doing a triple ender, there was times where I thought we might not be able to do this. Because of how, you know, how horrible Elsie's internet was. But then I said, well, this is a perfect time to test this. And because, it, you know, then it's everything is a learning process. And to be honest with you, I don't really think we've had too many times where we've had a horrible audio that I, I didn't want to put out. Matter of fact, I don't think we had any, to be quite honest with you, where it was been so bad that I was... I didn't want to put it out. No, it's always been fun. No, I'm actually, I'm, it sounds like sarcasm, but I'm actually being serious. It's kind of fun that we're able to test some things out for other people. Um, it's a miracle. You no, know, it's neat. Yeah, it is. It's a miracle that we get, get it done every time is really what's miracle. But, um, <laughs> well, but that's a testament to it too. You know, I think that um, one of the things that a lot of people, I feel one of the reasons people kind of quit podcasting is because they don't quite understand what it takes to put out a show every week. You know, if you have a weekly schedule, I feel that people don't quite understand the logistics of that. And that's just the recording part of it. That's just the preparing for the actual show part of it. And then there's the the other layer, which is the marketing. But that's a whole other thing, like how to get the word out about your podcast versus just getting it out. Let's face it. The fun part is when you click record and you record. As soon as you click stop, then the suck starts. It does. But you know what, though? I I get as much happiness from editing sometimes. There are times when I'm really over it. Like there's times when I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. When I have a deadline, like when I feel like when I record the feed and, and I'm like, I have to get this show out in 24 hours. And that the feeling is... Is not pleasant sometimes because I know how, how much time I'm going to have to invest. That said, though, there's nothing like being able to go in there and like fixing things. I'm not even doing I'm doing possibly one third of the editing I wish I could do for that show because there's a lot of like a lot of snipping that I would do a lot more, a lot of content stuff to make it even like more clear. But um, given that I feel really proud at the end of the day that I put that together and I ma- it makes me happy as well to record. I got to tell so, you for what you have and what you go through to put that show together, it is an amazing, it's amazing. The quality is, is really very good on the feed. And I know what you're going through as far as recording and what it must sound like during the recording and then trying to mix all that together again. So you, you know, hats off to you, Elsie. You, you're an amazing editor. Oh, thank you. That's very sweet. yay me. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, yay me too. So I know in May, May. Yeah, yay me. So how about we um, move on to um, uh, Danny? Danny has something to say to us today before we get on to some Let's news. I like this tip because I listened to it beforehand, and he's absolutely right. Here we go. Uh-huh. Good. Okay. 
You have an important message to share in your show, and you probably should be focusing on audience growth. But at best, you're spending too much time on editing and getting your sound quality just right. And at worst, your poor audio quality is actually pushing away current and potential listeners. Yep, I said it. I believe that poor quality audio pushes listeners away. I have plenty of anecdotal evidence that people will subscribe to a show, listen to two or three episodes, and if the sound quality is bad, they will unsubscribe. YouTube has found out on their videos that people will actually click away from a video quicker if the sound quality is bad than if the video quality is bad. If you have an interesting show and you're doing everything right in terms of promoting your show and growing your community, but your download numbers seem to be stagnant, you might want to ask some people what they think of the sound quality of your show. I hope you've enjoyed my tips over the last two months. If you haven't yet, go to emeraldcitypro.com slash checklist to get my 25-step podcasting checklist and to get your free sound assessment. Once you're on my list, you'll also receive my Avoid Bad Sound Quality pre-recording checklist and my pre-interview checklist. And if you have a moment, consider a coaching session with me. I can quickly help you address any issues you have with sound, setup, strategy, and growth. And if you're ready to get back three hours or more each week to focus on stuff that you're an expert at, we'd love to do all your editing, mixing, mastering, and show distribution for you so that you can focus on growing your community and business. Head to emeraldcitypro.com today. Checklist, checklist. People love a checklist. Mm. <laughs> Thank you, Danny. It's funny how we were just talking about that, and I didn't even know that's what he was going to say. Um, audio quality and what you can do. All right. So are we ready for some news? The news you can use for the informed podcaster. Podcasting news. Dun, dun, dun. We need like a... We need like a breaking news, like do 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 because I just got an email. Oh, go go go! IAB Tech Lab launches ads text aggregator to combat ad fraud. Apparently, there's like a. I think it means that there's a file that they want publishers to put on their websites that will prevent people from fudging their numbers. For example. Telling advertisers they have 20,000 when really they only have five because they're counting their YouTube or their Instagram or whatever else. Hmm. So that is some interesting shit right there. Well, why would it? Oh, sorry for the bad word. Um, So what if. Wait, I don't understand that because why wouldn't that count? I mean, if if somebody's saying, I, I guess just for podcasting. Why wouldn't they figure out that that's the case, meaning YouTube and Instagram? Like, I just don't understand why that conversation would come up. Right now, there's a lot of like, how many downloads do you have? They have 20,000. But the ad, the advertiser really has no way of checking. Whereas this is like a little file that you put on your root folder in your website. Um, It gives publishers a means to publicly declare the companies authorized to sell their digital inventory. Whoa. That's interesting, too. By creating a public record of authorized digital sellers, oh, ads.txt will give publishers control over their inventory and market, making it harder for bad actors to profit from selling counterfeit inventory across the ecosystem. As publishers adopt ads.txt, buyers will be able to more easily identify the authorized digital sellers for a participating publisher, allowing brands to have the confidence that they're buying authentic publisher inventory. Oh, my God. So in other words, like if – 
my agency, for example, is not one of the authorized digital sellers for how stuff works. We won't be able to represent advertisers for those shows. They'll have to go right to the networks. Oh, mm. dear. That's not good. Hmm, that's going to be tough. Well, that's, um, again, it's opt-in, right? Um, no, it's not opt-in. So, like, in other words, like, okay, have you ever put, okay, whenever you sign up for, like, verifying for Google that it's your website, yeah, they give you, like, a little, like, they give you an HTML file that you have to upload to the root folder of your website, like, FTP it. Uh-huh. And I think somehow this is going to be, like, every network or every host or even every podcaster i'm not sure because i'm having a hard time figuring out exactly what it is but um it looks like it's supposed to indicate who's able to sell the inventory and who's not for example performance bridge agency or our agency or how stuff works can only you know you can only do it for how stuff works so for example publisher ids sometimes called the seller network id or the account id it says it helps third party networks and sales houses because it's built to provide them with a way to differentiate themselves in the market and become authorized sellers of specific domains. They can make sure their value proposition or relationship with a domain owner is uniquely valued and cannot be undercut by counterfeit inventory. So authorized digital sellers can be the domain owner themselves. So for example, benfranklinsworld.com, a network. So if they were on like how like a history channel, a sales helps or rep firm such as True Native Media, an exchange who's authorized to sell, I don't know what that is, or a content syndicator such as Libsyn. Hmm. So anybody can be an authorized seller, but now we have to go through the process as an agency of making us, ourselves authorized digital sellers. Also, I think content owners are going to have to make themselves authorized digital sellers. And if they don't have this file, what the presentation is implicating is that advertisers will just have to like buy at their own risk. So it's like, this is the standard. If you don't use the standard, it will be a signifier to advertisers that says like, good luck, hope they don't lie to you kind of. You know uh, what I mean? Right. I understand. Yeah. So very interesting stuff. If you want more information, we will have show notes information. I'm sorry I can't give you more, but I literally just got the email right as the news thing was happening. So um, I didn't mean to hijack this whole thing, but I found that very interesting. Okay, let's talk about the news that we have. All right. Um, so, you know, we didn't speak about this on the show. First, just to be kind of... Um, to just kind of tell everybody how our process is when we record, a lot of the time we do have show notes. <laughs> we have articles that we would, you know, we're supposed to kind of discuss and things like that. And there's many times when we get on where we kind of just go with the flow. There's a there's an element of being super organic on the show, and oftentimes we just simply don't get to stuff. And and I don't think that that's really a detriment at times because we're not only a new show. There's many things that we are as a yeah, show. Man. And, um, and, and a lot of the time, it's really the communication or the relationship between us that I feel leads the way and what differentiates us. I'm just saying that because there's many times when there's been opportunities to comment on in quote news, but something else has happened. And that's just the way it goes. And that's the way we are. And we just go with it. So, Did someone give you feedback that we didn't discuss something important? No, not at all. It's just that sometimes okay. I find no, not at all. And the reason you that I'm saying this is because it? 
No, it's just that I'm what I'm going to say right now is that we never right, covered right. this in the first place. We never covered this this p- bit of news in the first place. Which which so bit of the, news? The IAB? No, the Spotify Sound Up Boot Camp. Oh, we never, Spotify. Yeah, we never oh God, talked about this. If I would just this. shut up, she could get to it. Okay. <laughs> so, um Sorry. at the end of March, at the end of March, um Spotify made an announcement that um, they were going to do like this week-long intensive program for 10 aspiring women of color podcasters. And it, it essentially was going to be led by Rika Murti and Graham Griffith. And at the end of this boot camp, the women would have a chance to pitch that podcast and one lucky participant, so one of the 10, would be awarded $10,000 to go towards their developing whatever that show is that they worked on for that week between you know the 10 women that were chosen in the first place. So this initiative started at the end of March and you know I did my best to kind of highlight this in as many different places as I could in terms of my online presence. And... Um, you know, it's been going on. People, this is really great. People have submitted and whatever. And it seemed like they were supposed to have announced the 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 people, the 10 women on May 1st. And um, that didn't happen. And so it had the community kind of going like, what's happening? What's going on with Spotify? Like, why haven't they told us what's going on? So there was a lot of wait, 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 wait time. And as of the last week, because this is Monday, as of last week, the people who have... Um, applied, got an email back saying that the reason that it was late and they haven't picked the 10 women is because they got over 18,000 submissions on this thing. Can you imagine having to listen to all those shows? Well, you're not listening to this. No, no, no. You're not listening to the shows. You are reading the applications. Because a lot of these, I mean, as much as some of these women have right. started, there's a lot of women that don't have, they just have an idea. This is like pitching. Right. This is an idea that has come up. So, no, just sifting through 18,000 applications and vetting them, you know, because you have to, like, essentially see, uh, like, uh, I mean, there's so many things that go into this kind of stuff that it's just crazy. So that's why they're late. They're going to be announcing whoever these 10 uh, lucky winners are on or uh, uh, on May 20th. I, I mean, I'm just blown away by the number because that's 18,000 women of color. And so that's even small, small. I mean, if you just start to think about Can niching down, oh niching down. I Where mean, are just, these people? Well, all over the place, obviously. And here and that actually feeds into my <laughs> into my whole thing, which is not everybody's on Facebook. Not everybody's no, doing, you know, not. not everybody's like, you know, in the same little silos that we think of. We're essentially, I think a lot of the time that people who have found She Podcast, people that have found Podcast Movement, people that have found Lipson are not necessarily all the people. It's like no, there is there are so many. And that's what I'm saying, that there are people are everywhere. And we tend to kind of stick to the same thing, like we essentially want to market to ourselves. Like we go into podcast movement. We're like, oh my gosh, how do I reach my audience? Or on She Podcast, which is already there. I need help, uh, you know, reaching my audience. And there's only certain tactics that do actually help. But then other than that, there are countless of ways to get the word out that have nothing to do with podcasting. And it has everything to do with you doing a lot more work than you're doing. (laughs) Um, and being creative about it. But 
this kind of stuff here just blew my mind because holy cow. But here's the even more amazing thing about this. Beyond the 18,000 and that's what's happening and oh my gosh, people are waiting back. But within, from the time, you know, from like sort of like the end-ish of March, I would say possibly the beginning of April, there was a hashtag, a couple of hashtags that started to be used. One of them was um, Sound Up Boot Camp, and that is hashtag Sound Up Boot Camp. And the other one is hashtag Women of Color Podcast 2. And uh, those hashtags have gotten such an incredible uptick. I mean, just... Insane. Like there's two articles from Medium that are going to be in the show notes. So if you guys are listening right now, you guys can look straight into whatever app of choice that you're listening to, unless you're listening on Spotify, because if you're listening on Spotify, you cannot do this. But inside of the show notes, there are clickable links. You guys could read along with us or something like that. But from here, you in those two uh, Medium articles, there is a lot of data. And one of them is how many posts have gone up using a specific hashtag that was employed. Um, how many shared posts were from those hashtags. And also there was there has been a, two two very interesting things that have happened already. One of them is that there is a woman of color podcast uh, podcasters Facebook group that has gardened out like mid in the mid 350, like about 350 women in that group. There has already been a town hall that has started. So this was like a meeting that the, that these women had last um, Friday simply just to talk about what the next steps are. There have already been like um, initiatives to start these meetups throughout the United States so that the women that, you know, because obviously there's 18,000 applicants. There's obviously a need. Ten of them are the ones that are going to be helped. So there's going to be all of the rest (laughs) who would like to continue on the journey. And Mm -hmm. so these town halls are being uh, put up like all through the country where people can get together and continue on their journey to become podcasters, which I think is amazing. Uh, Twitter chats are coming up as well. Um, So there's just there's so much movement that has happened from that, that it's really incredible what's what what's happened in a month. And one of the things that has been the most like mind blowing is, you know, the title for one of these articles is um, over 18,000 women of color apply for Spotify Sound Up Bootcamp, a wake up call for brands or content creators. And I think that that really is not even a question. <laughs> That's just, yeah. That's yeah. just the truth. <laughs> That's just, yes, this yep. is a wake up call. That said, if I may get on my soapbox a little bit, of course. You may. If of course we need representation <laughs> with our voices, of course we need that, and absolutely, I do not feel that that's not a need. But at the same time, the same, the inverse is also needed, which means that even though we have this, these voices now, let's let's pretend, let's imagine that eighteen, these eighteen thousand women of color do get started with their podcast and do put it out there. What do you think their next? Like, like let, let's that's the next problem will be where are my people uh, yeah how do i reach my audience and again especially for underrepresented communities the well, technology so what is your advice about that well the, te- the technology is not there yet um the infrastructure the way that people are currently promoting apple podcast is not supporting uh opening up 
you know, you know, supporting some initiatives for this kind of stuff. I think we need to really deal with socioeconomic status that this goes beyond the podcasting space as it is. Again, that's why I'm discussing these things. That's why my panel for podcast movement is around this. It's about gr- podcasting growth beyond metrics, beyond advertisers, beyond focusing on Apple podcasts. And it's about getting these big brands like Spotify, not only to support the women of color, but also putting initiatives in like certain areas where there are places that are underrepresented economically for people. And I keep bringing libraries up because I feel those are the best places to have a big name like Apple Podcasts or uh, Spotify, to have a relationship for nationwide with libraries, to have listening stations, to have to to bring podcasting forward in this like in this way that makes it easy for people that don't have uh, a smartphone, that don't have unlimited bandwidth, that don't have access to, um, you know, Wi-Fi, because there's a lot of places that we you just can't do that, to be able to put this as part of the narrative. In universities, being able to have a place where there is a, a solution to understanding that podcasting is also another way to consume content and to hear yourself. Those are like prime places to start to bring this through. So it isn't just about having these voices out there, but also providing the education and the support from big brands like Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcasts, like Google Play Music and all of that kind of stuff to make sure that the accessibility for those people who don't have smartphones or don't have Mm -hmm. all of the infrastructure can actually listen. That's where I think that there's a, a missing piece. Because if, if we continue in this way, it's just going to keep on. Re- remember with um, uh, the podcast listening stats that we just heard from Edison? What, were the, what was the, the, the pay? What were like the, you know, what's the average consumer, podcast consumer, Jess, in terms of the money that they were earning? Uh, <clears throat> oh, the uh, they earn, I mean, like most of them earn 75K and above. Exactly. Those are the people yeah. who are listening right now. And everybody yep. that's and obviously the marketers and are all like, of the Sweet. almost all of them have four year education or higher. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So if you start to think or reflect back so to that, the. So that equals. But to you, that means not accessible. Exactly. That means to me that there is a certain part of the population that is in the know that already know these things. But there is all obviously a lot of people, particularly from these types of communities that we're trying to reach, and the ones that really need the, the, the representation and that need the support, that are not listening, that don't have the access. So that's the conversation that I feel needs to keep, keep coming forward. Of course, this is amazing. And of course, I'm excited. I, I mean, this is so great. The movement to have this happen. But it's not just about the content because it doesn't matter if you have the content and people aren't watching it or 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 knowing where to consume it. I'm working with a woman right now in the E-League. Her podcast is called Emotions in Harmony and she does a bilingual podcast. And her audience is, she is a therapist and she really works um, trying to, well, obviously working with people who are um, and she, this is how she described it to me. And I was like, my gosh, what an incredible population. Like, let's say immigrants that are coming to this country, that have come, moved to this country to, to give their families a better life. And as a, you know, as a mother and father, they're working their, you know, fingers to the bone, um, getting their kids to, you know, go off to college or whatever. And let's say their kids are grown and their kids now 
move on to whatever it is that they're either, you know, jobs or college or whatever. And then this mom and dad has have been used to like, you know, cleaning houses and doing bus bus job, you know, being bus, bus boys or whatever in restaurants or gardeners and working with their hands and things like that, where you're just that's the general population of, of where la- the Latino population immigrants generally go so that the kids now are off and now they're left with now what? Who am I? What mm-hmm. do, do I have anything to offer the world? Because in our communities, it's all of a sudden it's like, I don't I don't have any worth anymore. I did what I was going to do. I mean, what am I? I'm only uh, a house cleaner. Only. So, only. Yeah, I'm only a house cleaner. So there is a need from that place from our own Latino community to be able to say, dude, you are incredible. You're an amazing woman. You you have all of this to offer. There's so much. Now your life, you can now do all the things. <laughs> you know? There's always <laughs> to do. And so, right. but how do you reach them? And she says, you know, the majority of my people are on Facebook. Like sometimes they don't have smartphones. They don't, but somebody always has access to Facebook. Somebody always can get in Facebook mm-hmm. to watch these things. So how do we get to these communities that need to hear these conversations in their own language. And they're not going to be going into iTunes or Apple Podcast. I mean, come on, with an iPhone? So, you know, I'm not sure how to say this without sounding like a jerk. So I'm just <laughs> going to say it. There is some thought that you don't necessarily, as much as you want, I mean, you want the people to have a voice, And you want them to talk to the people who they need to help. But on the other hand, if you make the podcast listening community the entire population, you lose the – well, you lose end gain. On the one hand, right now, it's a very good market for monetizing your podcast because the audience is so – you know, they have a pretty strong buying power once you make it accessible to everyone and or and I'm not saying that you shouldn't. But you know, on the one I mean, I guess what I'm saying is like the price goes down, but the audience goes up. So I guess it's six in one hand. Like, for example, radio is accessible to everyone, but the CPM is $6. Right. But then Podcast that again. Is, yeah. Yeah. But you're talking about everyone. I'm- but I'm talking. I'm talking access. I'm talking. You know how we are complaining about. I know. About I know. When, when I know. Pe- I'm sort of changing the subject a little. I know right. that. I want everyone to be able to have access to podcasts because I want the pe- I want the women of color who are doing these shows to be able to reach the audiences that they can help. Um, on the other hand, they're going to be doing it as a hobby if they can't monetize it. You are correct. I don't correct. want that either. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that there's a balance between all of those things. And you're right. I mean, sitting, even sitting with, um, I mean, I'm talking about emotions and harmony again, because, you know, one of the things she also wants to do is the monetization. And I know full well that the audience that she's serving does not have any money. That's the point. That's why she's, <laughs> that's why she's podcasting, because she was also helped. And, you know, part of her history is that when she was growing up, one of the ways that her mom and dad were able to um, be inspired to be more, to do more, was because of the conversations they listened to on the radio, right? There were mm-hmm. certain conversations. So she wants to be that voice. And so the challenge then is, what is, it's not going to be, let's just do sponsorship, because even in that sense, even if it is sponsorship, no, when I mean, somebody is fully now. alive, yeah, it's, it, right. it's not going to 
Yeah, it's the ROI is not going to be there. These people, I mean, they yeah, it's a different thing. You got to、yeah. think of a different model <laughs> altogether. So I get it,、yeah. and it's a it's very in depth、uh, the conversation around that. But I do feel that it's a necessary conversation we need to have, and it will help society as a whole. I mean, there's so many people right now that we keep going like you don't know like Fox News. And all of these crazy websites with the click headlines, quick click baiting, and all the bots all over social media that are running the world. If they could understand that they can listen to a podcast that isn't clickbait, <laughs> it would be so much、mm-hmm. nicer to get them information that really matters. Yeah, yeah, it's that's where I feel we could all be served to be able to do that. So. Anyway, I just thought I'd bring that to the table. You guys, please read these articles from Medium. These were both crafted from women who have experienced、um, the amazingness, which has been、uh, participating in the Sound Up Boot Camp.、Um, Liberty White wrote the article about the one that said a wake up call for brands or content creators.、Um, it's a really beautiful article. I mean, really in depth with tons of screenshots. And then one of the organizers, or two actually, of the organizers of、um, the Women of Color podcasters, they've actually started a、um, not only、um, a Twitter handle but also a Medium account. It's、um, at WOC Podcasters. You guys can follow them. Danielle Dazir, Dazir. I think I'm so sorry if I'm if I'm messing up your name, love. Dazir. D- it's D E S I R. Danielle Dezer、mm-hmm. and Zudaya Sarhan. I think I hope I hope, and I'm so sorry if if I mess up your names, ladies.、Um, with all respect, but、um, so they also have a Medium account. If you guys want to follow that journey, I think that they've done a wonderful job leading this movement and and keeping these women together. So、um, check them out. Links in the show notes. The show notes. The show notes. The links in the show notes. <laughs> Uh, now let's talk about Google and podcasting. So, do you know any of this conversation, Jess? I know we've talked about it before, but do you have an inkling of what this is all about? Yes, I do. I'm very excited. I'm very excited. I, I have seen this. I mean, I know this. You posted a Libsyn blog, but I have seen this everywhere. I have seen information. I read yesterday that John Legend was on this thing. Oh, really? Yeah, I read yesterday that he's now the voice. I mean, if it's what I think we're t- we're talking about Google Google Speaker, right? No, Google and podcasting, just the just Google and podcasting. Yeah, like what do you mean speaker? What is Google Speaker? What is that? It's like the Alexa. Oh yeah, no, I don't know what that is. All right. Well, anyway, go ahead. Then let's <laughs> talk about what you're going to talk about. Then I think we we're talking about two separate things. <laughs>、um, well, this is like when you when you search for a podcast and it comes out. Like you can have the little sort of built-in in quote app inside of Google, and Google and the Google search app inside of Android devices,、mm-hmm. so that you don't really need an app. So if you do have the Google app or you have Chrome on an Android device, if you search for a podcast specifically, or let's say you go to She Podcasts, in theory,、mm-hmm. um, if you type in She Podcasts, you're like searching for us, and our website comes up. It will also show you the feed of the show that it's a podcast. It will have 
little play buttons for our latest episodes. It would also have a subscribe button built in straight into the search results where you can subscribe to it. And when if you subscribe to the show, it, it actually creates like a little mini mini app, if you will, on the Android device. So you don't really need to have a podcast app. And it's it's sort of like comes up. Um, the issue with that as of late is that there is a little bit of code that you need to add to your website in order for this to happen. We discussed mm-hmm. it on episode 119 of the feed. I also put up a, a Libsyn blog up there with the help of Crystal because she's actually the one that gave me all of the technical information for that because it becomes a little bit crazy. So you have to mm-hmm. kind of add some code to your header tag in order for this to happen. As of now, mm-hmm. I can't check it either because I don't have an Android device. And... Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if this is actually... Either. None of us do. Yeah, none of us do. So none I do know one. what I, I think that She Podcasts at this moment isn't showing up, but I don't know if any of you guys can verify that. That would be awesome because I do feel that we need to add that, whatever that is in the header code, the little code part of the RSS feed. But that said, <laughs> after writing that blog post that Google said, this is what you're supposed to do, I've had a couple of e-leaguers come back to me and go like, well, mine's showing up and I didn't do anything. So I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. Um, and these are just like yeah. regular old WordPress sites. And if you are using the Libsyn specific podcast page, like Emily has for uh, a story behind, uh, if you go to a storybehind.com on an Android device, you can absolutely see It's optimized for this already. So all of the podcast pages that are done by Libsyn, if that's what you're using, you you don't have to worry about any of the stuff. It's already pre-done for you. But for those of you who are using things like Mm. Weebly or Squarespace or uh, a self-hosted WordPress site or whatever else that you do, you do have to add this extra code to your website so that your, your thing comes up, your podcast comes up in, in these results. Only on Android devices at this moment, if you search in the Google app, in the Google search app, or Chrome, the mobile Chrome, mm-hmm. the end, end scene, <laughs> end scene. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's quite the segue. I know, right? Isn't it a good exit? So, Jess, would you like? To, I've been talking way too long. I'm blowing my own head. You it's have just, been. I'm t- a lot of talking. <laughs> it's your turn. It's your turn to, for talking. Okay. Well, let's talk about Pocket Casts, shall we? So, Pocket Casts has been acquired by the same group that includes NPR. Nothing's changing for users, but basically, um, there's getting to be a monopoly. So. Um, the owners of Pocket Cast, which is one of the more popular apps and podcast sharing platforms, is now owned by NPR, WNYC Studios, WBEZ Chicago, and This American Life. Together, they are responsible for over 170 million podcast downloads a month, so they say. And <laughs> with that combined Touché. experience... <laughs> the goal is to reach a new generation of listeners and serve the needs of audio producers across public radio and beyond. So according to them, nothing's changing for the people who use Pocket Casts. Everyone on the team remains. But, you know, that's going to change because it always does. 
Um, no financials have been shared, but the Pocket Cast team said we chose not to sell our souls or all of you or you all out for crazy amounts of cash money, which means you owe us a yacht. <laughs> so Podcast is looking for a pat on the back for not selling out. La-di-da to you. Um, what do you think about this? It's sort of a merger. I, I get very nervous because I see companies, not that it's, a, I guess it's not a bad thing that things are just being bought up like crazy pants. But on the other hand, I am starting to see like mid-roll and NPR, like a Pac-Man, each with their own amount of dots that they're just going to swallow until there's like two big Pac-Mans. They're, they are looking to be like the Google and Apple of podcasting, I think. Yeah. And it's just a matter of time, I feel like, before that happens. I mean, like like with television, only instead of going from three to three million cable channels, we're going from three million to three. Right. Yeah. That's kind of how I see it. I mean, because every day is a new email about someone being bought and i don't want to say it's a bad thing because i'm always happy i mean i got bought so la-di-da i'm happy but i mean i don't think heather is starting her own monopoly on advertising anytime soon but um you know i also watching these bigger companies like munch 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 right and it makes me nervous what do you i don't know what do you think I, you know, it's, you know, it's just so hard. It's, I think it's, it's hard for me to think about Pocket Cast has been such a great app for the podcasting space, especially for Android users. And I think that was probably one of the reasons why. And it's also cross platform, which means it's also supported via iOS. It has about 2% of the market in, in terms of the smartphone consumption for that specific app. So there's about 2% of listeners right now are using Pocket Casts to listen to podcasts. And just to like put that in perspective around, I, I believe, and these these are just numbers that are coming into my head right now, I may be wrong, but you can check those on the feed about or 60 to 70% is Apple podcasts. So Apple podcast is that much of in terms of the app users. And then pocket cast is about at 2%. So you see the disparity in there. And so but even though though, that's one of the bigger apps out there, I'm concerned that they're mm-hmm. going to make it a walled garden and that they're going to make it some kind of silo. That's my biggest concern because I feel podcast apps are still open-ended and expansive and something that anybody can use. And that's what I would want. So I, I'm just going to hold my yeah. mouth and see what happens because I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know. Hmm. Yep. We'll just have to wait and see. Yep. Um, but it's interesting stuff. Okay. I wanted to tell you guys, I just saw this today, um, because Scott lately has been obsessed with Shark Tank. I mean, way to get on the bus four stops late. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, she has a new show. Oh, she, Barbara Corcoran has yeah. a new show called Business Unusual with Barbara Corcoran. Um, and it's kind of exciting. So her first episode is about reinventing yourself to find your next perfect career. And how her mom's sock drawer helped guide her success in business. It's not under weird and wild because there's nothing weird and wild about the show, I assure you. But I just thought it was interesting that Barb, Barb's got her own show. Proof that you can really turn anything into a podcast, I think. Because Shark Tank is all about, like, take my idea and give me money so that I can grow my idea. And from watching Shark Tank over his shoulder off and on for the last week, I can tell you that, like, it seems like one in a hundred people get money. Or... 
one in a hundred people take the money. They're offered money all the time, but they right. don't take it because they're a bunch of morons, I think. It's the cost of doing business. I mean, one time one of them was offered like $30,000 and then in exchange for 40% of their revenue. Like that was crazy talk. But like, I don't know. It's been interesting. But anyway, that we're not talking about the TV show. So yeah, there's a podcast for Shark Tank. I think it's cool. Business Unusual. You guys should check it out. And then I just want to mention, in case anyone is hearing this Monday, this coming mo- – so if you are hearing this at the exact time it comes out, which would be like the 14th, this coming Sunday, I will be in New York City watching another She Podcaster, Alana Levine from Little Known Facts, do her show in the lobby of the W Hotel. So if you are in the area, please come. Look for the event in the She Podcast group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash She Podcast, or you can email me. Um, me at jessicacufferman.com. Let me know you'd like to come. I would love to see you. It's going to be sort of a formal slash informal meetup. It's going to be really fun. So please check it out. And then also speaking of meetups, I'm hoping by the time you hear this show that Elsie and I will have announced our VIP day the day before podcast movement starts. If that is not true, please ignore this. But I'm pretty sure we will have by the 14th, Elsie. Um, yes. And check out the She Podcast group or our website, ShePodcast.com, for more information about how you can come and work with Elsie and I um, in a small, intimate group at my house on July 22nd, all day long. You'll be with us and we'll be singing a song. Sorry. Oh, my God. Anyway, so please check that out. And speaking of that, podcast movement. If you are not going to podcast movement, why? Uh, You should come. It's going to be really fun. It's in Philadelphia, my hometown. So much good food. So much fun. Hundreds of speakers. Thousands of podcasters. If you're an introvert, don't worry. So is everyone else. Um. Right? It's a room full of chatty introverts. Like the weirdest group of people in the world. In the But they're world. wonderful. But they are the most wonderful people also. Oh, my um, gosh. Oh, my gosh. Wait. We have to b- – before you finish, there's yeah. there's, there's um, daycare people. There's child care. So if you're a mommy – Stop yourself. If you're a mommy or something I, I like this, there is child care. So if you think you could take your kids, it's actually very reasonable. I, I You know, I don't have the information right in front of me at this moment, but I believe it's like something like $30 a day. Um, and that is super, I mean, you guys, if there, if there's a mommy or a daddy or a family that wants to come to Philadelphia and are feeling like, oh my gosh, I can't, my family, blah, 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 blah. There's child care for you. I will have information in the show notes, of course. Hello. So it's amazing. I mean, it's like, I'm so, I'm super stoked that they've taken this initiative and have really kind of heard from their community and I'm, I'm happy. So there you have it. Yeah. Sames. Um, anyway, podcast movement. Use our code SHEP to get $50 off your ticket if you have not already gotten it. Flights into Philadelphia are not expensive for most hubs. Um, it's a major hub with an international port as well. So usually it's not as expensive as, say, L.A., so uh <laughs> um so please come it'll be really fun elsie and i are gonna have a booth there there's gonna be an informal meetup i think that doesn't have to do with being at my house 
and we would really love to see you. So please attend. And then Elsie has a show that she wants to talk about that is Weird and Wild. So roll tape, John. Weird and Wild. Weird and Wild. Weird and Wild. Show of the week. So I can't say like I mean I think that this is weird and wild in my book just because weird. it's like it's a little but it's no, it still is. it's a I mean I just love it I loved it so much so this is actually not a podcast how about that it could be they could actually wait it's not no it's not a podcast it is not a podcast what is it this is not a podcast what is it this is an actual show on Facebook it's a Facebook show. Oh, it's a Facebook show. Okay. Yes, it has been created for Facebook. It is called Red Table Talk. And it is hosted, well, the, the, the host is Jada Pinkett Smith. And she and her daughter and her mama are the threesome co-hosts, if you will, of this. I watched the first episode and I was a mess. <laughs> Meaning I was crying the, almost the whole time. So, um, you know, so it it's a, it's an incredible. So the first episode it is about fun motherhood and funny. The first episode is about motherhood, and Jada has a conversation. Well, first of all, she just she comes in, and one of the reasons that I'm bringing this to the table too is that this feels very down to earth. It feels very on brand for her. It feels like really exp- like it's the kind of show that I wish like if I had the money, it, it would be possibly something like this. It feels very podcasty because it's like very. Whatever I want to do, I'm going to do. And I think that that's what Jada did. She's yeah, like, I want to yeah, have these conversations yeah. with people. I want my mom. I want my daughter. The end. <laughs> you know what I mean? Her like, daughter's adorable. Her aunt, I yes. whip my hair back and forth. So anyway, this first conversation here, she brings her daughter and her mom to the red table. And that's why it's called Red Table Talk, because they're having these like challenge, not challenging conversations, but like meaningful conversations around this red table. And the first one is about motherhood. And she starts the whole thing by telling her her mom and her daughter that she had a conversation for the very first time with Will Smith's ex-wife, Cherie, about what it was like in the those first like when they were first dating, when they first got married and how what the whole stepmom thing was with um, Will's son with Cherie. And I mean, just watching that little bit, I was just like, oh, my God, I, I was a mess just watching these women have this heart to heart, you know, and to know that they really wanted to take care of the son and how hard it was to navigate having two strong women in the mix and what it really meant to be an ex-wife and what it meant to be a new wife and, you know, all of this stuff. It's crazy. And then add the layer of Willow, you know, Jada's daughter and her mom watching that because they were watching it for the first time on the show. So then there's that other layer. And then they started to talk about it. And then you hear all of these revelations about what Willow felt because she didn't know all of this was going on because that's her stepbrother. But she didn't know there were all of these other sort of subtleties that were happening in her family dynamic. She just kind of felt a little off sometimes. So she shares that. Then her mom shares like what the I mean, it's just incredible. I really feel Jada is doing a fantastic job. It's very down to earth. It's incredibly relatable. And obviously, she is a mega superstar. I mean, obviously. But the way that these conversations are handled are so, oh my God, it, they're so rich. It's so rich. So I'm, I'm, I'm in love. I love this thing. 
I think it's amazing. Cool. Well, I think it's really cool. I think she's very lucky to be able to do a show with her mom and daughter. I would kill for that opportunity. And uh, I'm going to watch it and see what I think. How about that? <laughs> anyway. All right. Very cool. Um, so I think that's it for today. Before we go, though, I just want to mention that if you need an editor um, – John has some space. He hasn't always had space, so grab it now. AudioEditingSolutions.com. He's our editor. He is in charge of Diva Enhancement, and he does a really good job. So audio audio editing solutions. He has a couple spaces. If you guys want an editor, it's very reasonable price. Um, please check him out. And then thank you so much for listening. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at She Podcasts. Also, check us out at our website, which is ShePodcast.com. Also, you can email us feedback at ShePodcast.com. Um, let us know what you think. I didn't hear any negative feedback about myself. So y'all don't have any guts out there. That's fine. Um, but I'm still interested to hear it. If you guys have anything to tell me, let's have it. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you, Elsie and John. And, uh, we'll see you next time. Love you. See you next. Bye.